Online Crossroads fam, welcome or welcome back to this midweek service that we do called Crossroads. So glad that you're here with us. This is Kenny, and uh, I want to start out by thanking Crossroads Student Ministry as I hit my microphone. Uh, thank you, Crossroads Student Ministry, for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, thank you, Weston Baptist Church, for allowing me to do this. Um, we just feel like if there's any way you can get a, a wholesome message out, a message about what God is, uh, we're going to try it. So that's what this is about. Uh, if you've not subscribed to it, I do ask that you do that. Uh, send us some feedback. You can go to KennyCrossroads.com. You can see all my social media sites and uh, just send me some information. I'd love to know that somebody's listening to this. I'd uh, love to just get your thoughts on it. Uh, by no means am I... Uh, smart. I don't have all the answers, but I believe that uh, if God can speak through a donkey to somebody, he could surely use me. Oh yeah, I like saying that. But anyway, um, we've been talking about, uh, our topic has been hard talks, and it was five different sessions that we did about uh, conversations that parents have with their kids that at times are not the easiest things to have. Uh, it's not that our parents aren't talking. It's not that me as a parent don't don't discuss these things with my son. Um, but sometimes it's hard just to bring up certain topics. And one of the reasons it's difficult is because uh, from a teenage perspective, uh, whatever your parents say, you're either going to think or most teenagers would think, well, you're just saying that because you're my parent. Or they would think, well, you don't want me to have any fun. Uh, you just, you don't understand what it's like to be a teenager. And so what we were hoping we would be able to do is through our studies and inviting the parents to come in and be a part of it, that we would be able to maybe open up some conversations that could take place at home. Uh, we didn't have the opportunity to record the last couple of sessions. We just had some media issues going on. Uh, Technology is awesome when it works. But when it doesn't, uh, you get stuck with just this. So I'm going to, during this time, just kind of uh, cover the last topic we were talking about. And that last topic we were talking about was church. Now, when our students at Crossroads, when they hear me mention something about church, I know that their first thought is, oh, here it comes. You're not coming to church enough. You're not in church enough, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, that's part of it. Uh, we we talked about last starting last year, uh, the number five and the importance of the number five. And what we were talking about is there are five times during a week that we have corporate worship. And we were trying to help our students understand you've got 168 hours in a week. Uh, what are you doing with five of them? You could spend them here. And through doing that, you know, you just sometimes as a youth pastor, you have these ideas and you you know that God has breathed this message. It's going to change people's life. And I talked to these students about it and nothing's really changed. We have about the same amount of people we always do. Um, and, you know, you'll hear the argument, well, we're just so busy. Uh, I don't buy that. Uh, we make time for what we want to make time for. And what we have found over the years is that when life gets busy, the first thing that normally drops for people is church. And that's a un very unfortunate thing. Um, church is one of these things that has been a part of my life since I was a baby. And when we were having this discussion, I asked our adults, what are some changes that you've seen in church? What are some changes that that you believe uh, since you were a kid to today? And one of the first things that was brought up was the music. Yes, we grew up with hymnals and we grew up with a lady on a 
piano and maybe one on an organ and a man that would get up and he would sing and sometimes he would direct. And uh, I was very fortunate. We grew up in a beautiful, just talented church uh, at First Baptist Thorsby. And uh, our piano player, uh, she was amazing. Our organist was amazing. Miss Mary and Miss Sandra, they were fantastic. And Mr. Rick, man, he could make... I, I still don't understand. We had a choir when I was a teenager, and our our youth choir was amazing. I mean, we were teenagers doing four part harmony, and I mean the bass wasn't that low. We were we were stretching, trying to you know every once in a while you find that one guy that had a little deep voice, and he would he would hit some of that bass. But just we we loved it, and it was just cool. And in my mind, that's that's what church was back then. But in asking the 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 adults that were in these sessions, you know, all right, tell me the difference. And that was their thing. The music's different. You know, it's nothing now to have a guitar in a service. And back then, uh, when we were kids, that was something you never had. Uh, you have a different style of music. You have what some people would tag as contemporary. Uh, some people would call it modern because if you say contemporary, there's an older congregation that might be upset because that's not what we've always listened to. If we just call it modern, maybe they're okay with that. Um, so that's, that's been a big difference. You're not singing your traditional hymns anymore. You do those, but at the same time, you bring in a more modern version of song. And that song has the same strong scriptural backing. It has the same strong uh, theological backing. And I've seen arguments on both sides, and they'll say, well, there's no theology in that. But you can find hymns that there's really not much theology behind it either. So it's it's kind of like tennis shoes. What kind that you like is the kind that you're going to like. You know, if, you, if you're if you a Nike person, don't give me no Reebok. If you're a King James person, don't bring that NIV at me. If, if you're a country music, don't I don't want to hear no rap. I just went really country right there. Um, based on your preference is what you're going to promote. Uh, so music was one of the big things that people said. Uh, another... Man, I love our, our head coach at Chilton County High School. Uh, he's He and his family are part of our fellowship here at West End. And um, he he comes to our midweek service. And he said, I just, I just like to see what you're going to do. And he says, I love the message you give, and I love being there with those kids. And it's huge that the head football coach is part of our ministry. I think that's just really, really cool. And he said, the preaching. And I said, okay. For instance, he said, I used to scream and yell and jump up on furniture. He said, it's just, it's different now. And I would have to agree to an extent. It is different. Um, so there have been changes. One of the big changes that we see now is the different things that are offered in church. Uh, growing up, we had Sunday school and worship. We had training union, which is now called discipleship training in the Baptist world. Uh, and then your evening worship. And then midweek, I honestly, I know that there was RAs when I was a kid. We didn't go on Wednesday night. We didn't go to midweek service. My father was a truck driver, and usually he wouldn't get home in time. And we only had one car, so we would have to leave uh, to go pick him up from work. And so we we didn't, you know, very seldom was I there on the Wednesday night. But there was RAs. I don't know that we had GAs. I don't, I, I'm sure that there was uh, Royal Ambassadors and uh, I think GAs is Girls in Action. Um, but as far as what the adults did, I have, I, they called it 
prayer meeting, I guess. And so I really don't know. But now, uh, even in your Sunday school classes, you have different material. You have small group settings. You have groups of people that meet throughout the week. You have a multitude of activities. Uh, here, here at West End, where, where I attend, uh, we have three or four different children's choirs. I think it's three different children's choirs. Uh, we have a youth praise team. We have an adult praise team. We have a, a worship choir. Uh, we had we had an orchestra. Right now we don't have the orchestra. Um, then you've got your brotherhood and your WME. I mean, there's just there's so many things. Mission trips. It's just there's so much more that happens within a church now. And that's one of the, the coolest things to me is, you know, if if there's if you can't find something that you like at church, um, just speaking of our church in general, then you're not really looking that hard because there's something for every person from the babies to the oldest ones. Uh, we've got it all. Um, and of course, most churches do. So that was another one of the things that changed. And one of the topics that I was talking to them about was the apathy towards church. Uh, we have become a society that church is one of these things that we're going to attend if there's not something else going on. And as a youth pastor, I think I probably struggle with this more than any other ministry within the church. Um, just because teenagers are the ones that are the busiest. Now, in having a busy teenager, you lose parents from time to time as well. Um there is just so much going on in the life of a teenager, and for some reason, we have fallen victim to our kids need to be involved in everything so they will be well-rounded. Um, and I tell our kids all the time, just because you can go to things doesn't mean that you should. Just because you can be involved in things don't mean that you should. And one of the things that I'm trying to help our students see is you fill your life with great things. Uh, as, a, as a chaplain of a football team, I see our kids at practice. And in watching our football team practice, I hear our band practice. In hearing our band practice from time to time, I see our cheerleaders practicing. And it's not just 10 minutes here or there. We're talking about hours every day. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then when you leave there and you have to go to a specialty class for baseball, or you have to go to a special dance class, or you've got tutoring that you have to go to. You know, there's there's always something going on. We've got kids that leave their practices and they go to work, and they're working till 11 or 12 o'clock at night, going home, maybe doing homework. From what I understand, you don't really get homework that much anymore, but it's just so busy. And it's not that being busy is a bad thing, but when we're so busy and we start neglecting what we need to be doing, um, that's when it becomes a problem. And telling our students, you know, you fill your life up with good things, yet you're not leaving room for a great thing. And when people come to church, you know, we're told in God's word not to forsake the gathering of God's people. That means you should be involved in church. And, you know, through a podcast, you get to hear a message, but it's different. If you're sitting in an environment where you're in front of the one that is speaking, 
you get something different. You see the mannerism that they deliver. You see the passion in their eyes. You you experience the emotion from the people sitting close to you. There's something different about it. There's also support found within the church. And to me, that has been one of the biggest things I've seen. And I know every church does this, but I can only speak for the one where I attend and where I serve. Um, one of the things that, that I think about so much is... Um, I guess you would call it a bereavement ministry uh, when people lose loved ones. Uh, Like many churches, uh, if someone in your church loses a loved one, your church is going to surround them. We had an interim pastor who said, you want to understand the importance of Sunday school? You lose a loved one. He said, because if you're involved in Sunday school, that Sunday school class is going to be there for you. They're going to be bringing you food. They're going to be holding your hand during this time. And that is so true. Um, going to hospitals and seeing people. And I'm, by no stretch of the imagination, a typical minister. I'm a youth guy, and that's what I tell people. They're like, so you're a pastor? And I go, well, I'm a youth guy. And they'll go, so what does that mean? Well, I work with teenagers. So you're the youth pastor. Okay. Um, I just call it being a youth guy. But I go into hospitals and... You know, I don't dress like a pastor. I wear shorts and T-shirts most of the time. And I don't know how I've gotten away with that, but they seem to be okay with it. And I get to the hospital and I go, yeah, I'm looking for and I'll tell them the name and they'll just look at me and go, I'm, I'm a pastor of their church. And they, they kind of look me up and down and go, I can, I can hear what they're thinking like, uh-huh. But I start walking in and it's Brother Kenny. And there's some comfort in knowing that your church family is not just someone you see on a Sunday. It's someone that's walking through life with you. They're supporting that. One of the things that I do when when I do marriage counseling, I'm very fortunate to to get to do weddings from time to time. And for the most part, the weddings that I do are former students of mine now. Um, And in doing that, one of the first things I do, I say, you need to be involved in church. And when I say that, I don't mean you just need to come to worship. You need to be in Sunday school. You need to be in a discipleship class. Um, You need to develop a ministry for your family. And that's things that you can do within the local church. And I tell them the reason you need this is because when you're sitting in Sunday school and you're facing issues as a newlywed couple, you've got people in that, that church that have been there or are there right now. And you're not all alone. And as teenagers, to me, that is one of the greatest places to realize that you're not alone is to be with your teenagers, but also have these adults that have walked the road that you're walking. Uh, man, so much wisdom in some of these people that, that attend our churches. I love to talk to some of the older people, and I love to, to hear what it was like when they were kids and to talk to them about the issues that our teenagers are facing. They go, you know, I just can't imagine what today's kid goes through. And then they'll start telling me what they dealt with. And I'm like, you know, it's not a, the biggest difference is technology and the ability to go. You know, there was a time, even when I was in school, you didn't just jump in a car and take off somewhere. Uh, there weren't malls anywhere close. You had to drive. Uh, for me, it was a 45, 50 minute drive to go to a movie, to uh, go out to eat at a nice restaurant, to go to a mall. 
you know, you had to go a long way. But today, there's it's nothing for a kid to go to a movie in the middle of the week. That's something that still, I, I, I guess I struggle with it. And I don't know that I'm right or I'm wrong. But um, I'll tell kids, yeah, we're not going to do that because it's school night. And they'll just look at me like, as the country folk would say, like a calf staring at a new gate. They just don't understand what I'm saying. And I'm like, you know, I grew up in a time where you didn't do anything during the week because you had to get up and go to school the next day. Yet, I think today's kids smarter than I've ever been. I know they are. Of course, they've got all the answers in their hand in a in a phone, so it's easier for them to learn, I would guess. But uh, that's one of the things is these older people that have gone through the trials that we've gone through that have had to sit down and talk to somebody about a breakup or um, the loss of a loved one. We've got people that have been there and that's to me part of why we go through what we go through so we can help others. So being a part of your church is important. Uh, it's also to me it's critical and I talk to our students about this all the time especially our senior high. Um there was a time where I would come in at the beginning of a school year and I knew that I would have everybody there for the most part the first semester. That first semester of school, football's going on, basketball season would be starting. Uh, after football, the kids are going to be here. We're going to do things on Sundays and, you know, we were going to be very well attended. Um, the second semester, however, we would see our seniors start to kind of fade. And it's not that they were doing anything bad. It's just, you know, they're seniors. They're busy. They're starting to look into college. They're starting to uh, look into, hey, this time next year, I'm not going to be around. But one of the things that we found is even with them being gone, they were still plugged into a lot of the stuff we were doing because that was part of their family. Uh, as years have progressed, that... I guess, I don't know how to say it, the The trend to kind of move away from being involved in church has gone from the second semester of a senior's life to when someone turns 16. And I talk to parents all the time, and I, I try to warn them, hey, when your kid turns 16, they've got freedom. And I know you still know everything that they're doing, wink, wink, um, but you need to make sure they're involved in church. And to have a parent look at you and go, yeah, I'm just having the hardest time getting them to come to church. I can't understand that. And I, I guess I'm old-fashioned, but I will remain old-fashioned until my last breath. As long as my child is in my house, they're going to do what I tell them they have to do. And I've also heard the silliness of a parent saying, well, I don't feel like I need to make them go to church. Well, you make them take a bath. You make them go to school. Why aren't you making them be part of something that's going to do so much more than just this life? It's dealing with eternity. Now, does that mean if you don't go to church, you're going to hell? No, it doesn't. But I saw a meme the other day, and it was, well, I don't have to go to church to go to heaven. And the person said, yeah, and you don't have to put a parachute on to jump out of an airplane, but it sure would help. And I was like, that's good. That's really good. Church, by no means, keeps you from being in the wrong places at the wrong time, from making poor choices. But there's guidance found within the walls of a church. 
Now, one of the biggest problems that I see in that comment I just made is the walls of the church. In the world that we live in today, people think of church as what goes on in a building. And as a follower of Christ, we understand that we, the body of believers, are the church. The structure itself is just that. It's a structure. But we are God's people. We are the one that has the message. And so my challenge to our students and to our parents is you get your students here to get information, to get direction, and then we send them out every day. They're going to school. They are being the church outside of the church. And that's one of the things that I've I've really just been, for the last probably three days, God has really just been twisting my brain over that. You know, thinking about, are we a fellowship or are we a followship? And the last Sunday of this year, 2019, wow, uh, I'm going to be speaking the last service of the year. And that's going to be my question to our church. You know, we are, we're a big fellowship, but are we a big fellowship? Because as, as, I, as I read God's Word, as I listen to speakers, as I just think about what I need to share with these students, I can't find in the Bible where Christ tells the disciples, now you go out and you invite them to church. Nowhere in the Bible did I see that. He said, you take this message with you and you give it to them. And that's something that we, we stress to our students. And I've told them this before, and I don't think I'm wrong in saying this. I said, don't you dare invite somebody to church if you're not willing to invite them to Christ. Now, in saying that, it is much easier to say, hey, why don't you come with me to church? There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But at some point, we need to be willing to take the message that we're wanting them to hear and deliver it from our own mouth. And I, the reason I say that to our students and the reason I would say that to you is there are people that I will come into contact with that I will never be able to reach because I don't have the relationship with them. But you do. You have a relationship with these people. As a father, my first job is to make sure my son knows who God is, not because I've sent him to church, but because he sees God living in me. As a husband, my number one job to my wife is not to just talk to her about what it means to be godly, it's to show her what it means to be godly. And nine times out of ten, I'm watching her because she is a rock star when it comes to Christ. Um, but we have those responsibilities, and it's one of the hardest things is to learn things at an older age. And that's why as teenagers, I'm really stressing, you need to be here. You need to make sure you're here to get God so you can give God. It's hard for me to explain to you something I've never experienced. But if I've experienced the teaching that goes on within a church, if I've experienced the, the fellowship and the fellowship that goes on within a church, then that's a message that I can deliver. Uh, here in, in Alabama, Alabama Auburn. Oh, it's just the biggest. Oh, it's oh, I can't believe University of Alabama is not in the playoffs this year. First time it's ever happened uh, since they've done the college football playoff t stuff. Uh, you would think the world is coming to an end in some people's mind. Uh, and then uh, Auburn University beat the University of Alabama. Oh, I can't believe it. It was the referees lost us the game. Blah 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 blah. Um, we beat y'all. Yada 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 yada. They can talk to you for hours about what the players are. Are they coming back next year? Who, what their injuries are, their speed, their grades, their this, their that, their other. 
But then when you say, hey, when's the last time you shared Christ with somebody? They will look at you like, well, that's your job. You're the minister. No, that's our job. If Christ is in us, then we must share it. We can't help but share that message if Christ is living in us. And that's something that we've learned through being a part of church. Uh, one of the uh, we're reading a book in in the DT class, the Circle Group that I'm in, and it's called Letters to the Church by Francis Chan, and it's been a beautiful book about what God's Word says about the church, as opposed to what we have interpreted it or we have turned it to become for the comfort of us in general. And one of the things I've been convicted over is. Um, Church is really easy. Church is really easy. But being the church, it takes courage. And one of the things I want our students to understand is the reason people would want to come to church is they see something different in you that they like. They see a peace that follows you. They see compassion in your eyes. They see positive things. In a world that is 90% negative, if they can see that positive in you, they're going to want to get close to that. Uh, years ago, we did a study, and it was about being the light. You know, the the little song we used to sing as kids, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Going to Let It Shine, where there's a, an author named Ted Decker. And he was, I guess it was kind of a trailer for one of his books. And it shows this little girl singing that song. And all of a sudden it just goes to his face. And he had dyed hair. It looked like he had makeup on his eyes and stuff. And he said, uh, when she says, this little light of mine, he blows the candle out. He said, who told you your light's little? Because in First John chapter 1, it says, God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. Uh, if God is the light and God is in you, that's not a small light. And that light has to shine. And as I was sharing that message with our students, I told them about growing up. We had what was called a bug light. And it was on our back porch. It was a yellow light. And I would always ask my mom, you know, Mom, why do we have that yellow light on the back porch? Well, it's a bug light. What does that mean? Well, bugs aren't attracted to it. And that was the craziest falsehood I'd ever heard. My mom wasn't lying. That's what the, the product says it does. But bugs came to that bad boy. They were always there. But as I was sharing that, I said, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we need to be like a bug light to society. And one of the adults that was in there, she said, did you just say we need to be like a bud light? And I said, no, not bud, bug. Oh, okay. Um, a bug doesn't understand why it's attracted to that light. It just knows it's got to get there. And a bug will knock its head off bouncing into that light. They are drawn to it. They don't know why, but they are. As followers of Christ, if Christ is living in us, people are going to be drawn to us. And if they're drawn to us and we are taking them to this environment of church that is held within a building, then they're going to receive, hopefully they're going to receive that same um, enthusiasm in Christ that we are trying to deliver to people. And they're going to take that light out to someone else and become more of the church outside. Uh, that's something that we talk about all the time. That's something I stress to our students all the time. That church is not a place we go. It's us. It's the being of Christ living in us. That's what church is. My prayer is that we would not allow church to just happen a couple times a week in our life. That every day of our life, we would be the church to people that will not darken the doors of a building. 
But if they can see God living in you, then they will come to know who, who this person is that we worship, and that's Jesus Christ. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. Uh, hard Talks has been a fun topic, and I don't know when you're going to be listening to it, but it is Christmas time here at Crossroads and here at West End Matters Church. We've got a Christmas celebration coming up Sunday, uh, Living Christmas Walk the next week, candlelight service. It's just busy, busy, busy. And um, my prayer is that you would have the greatest Christmas you've ever had, and that starts with stopping uh, the world's Christmas and celebrating God's Christmas through the birth of His Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you again for being a part of this podcast. Hit us up on that social media. And as always, thank you for being part of Crossroads.